images of earthquakes and storms and surging waves are symbolic of the many challenges that we face at the moment. I don't know about you, but sometimes you look at the news, you, you see a news screen on your phone, and you just think, what is going on in the world? Does anyone else feel like that? Life can feel a little bit shaky, scary, uncertain. I wonder if that resonates with you. The earthquakes, the raging waters are symbolic of a, a cost of living crisis that is affecting many of us at the moment. And we know those in our community. It's symbolic of uh, multiple wars going on in our world at the moment. And as we look at um, stories of what's going on in Israel, Gaza, we think, God, what is going on? What are you doing? This feels like new territory. This feels shaky and scary. It's symbolic of a climate crisis that we're facing. What on earth do we do? How do we respond? How do we live as good citizens in the light of a climate crisis that seems to be getting worse, although technology is an amazing thing and in some ways things are getting better. We're on the way there. And then we've got this epidemic. I heard one uh, podcast this week. I was listening to one podcast. And they were talking about an epidemic of anxiety. I wonder if you see that in your context that we're facing at the moment. We have huge challenges, and then we've just got the stuff that we're dealing with in our own lives as well. And Psalm 46 is kind of like a psalm when life feels shaky. And it's been a psalm to go to when life feels challenging for Christians for thousands of years. There's so much wisdom into how to respond in these times, to look to God as our ultimate refuge and strength, to be still, how hard it is so often, as Miles was saying, to sometimes to be still and to know that he is God, to let our hearts settle in his love. There's loads to comfort, there's loads to build our faith. But today I want to focus on one thing, I want to keep it really simple, one thing in this psalm, one invitation and that is to get in the river of God, to get in the river. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. Because I think if we can understand and begin to live in this river, then we'll be better equipped to deal with the challenges that we're all facing at the moment. But not only that, not only will it make us more resilient ourselves and able to thrive ourselves, but it will be able to equip us to make a difference in the world, to bring hope and healing and love into the world. That's what we're going to be exploring this morning. So, the river. The classic theological text, The Wind and the Willows, begins like this. So this is a river, asks Mole. The river, corrected Rat. And you really live by the river? What a jolly life. By it and with it and on it and in it, said the Rat. It's brother and sister to me, aunts and company and food and drink and naturally washing. It's my world and I don't know any other. What it hasn't got is not worth having. And what it doesn't know is not worth knowing. Boy, the times that we've had together. And I think that as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we are to be 
river people. We are to be like Ratty. And the river that we're invited to live by and with and in and on is the river of the Holy Spirit, the river of the presence of God in our lives. And I really just sense God inviting us all to go deeper in the river of his presence. As Christians, the river bookends our lives and our story. Right at the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis 2, we have the Garden of Eden scene. And in that scene is described a river which flows through the garden and waters it. It sustains it. It brings it life. In Genesis 2 verse 10, we read, A a river watering the garden flowed through Eden. And from there, it's separated into four headwaters. And it splits out from that river into the world. It's right at the beginning of our story. And then right at the end of our story in Revelation 22, the very last chapter of the Bible, we get this headline, Eden is restored. It's the renewal of all things, how things are meant to be. God's work of restoration is complete. Heaven has come on the earth. And John has a vision of what it will be like. And there's this angel showing him around. And it says this, the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood trees bearing fruit, and their leaves are for the healing of the nations. For the first thing I want to say about the river is that we were made for it. We were made for the river. Ben, if you could flick on just another slide, we're actually in a different We're not in that sermon series at the moment, so um, that might just confuse people. Um, We were made for the river. The point of all this symbolic language is that it shows that it's part of our original design and our original destination as human beings. We need that river of the Spirit within us to truly come alive and to become the people that we were created to be. And what happens when the river dries up in our lives? What happens is we become spiritually dry. We begin to become not only unfruitful, but the fruit that we produce is kind of sour and bitter. Here's what I've noticed. Sometimes I have those days when I wake up and it's a bit more of a good Lord, it's morning kind of day rather than good morning, Lord day. You know, you ever have one of those? Sometimes I have those days when the fruits of the Spirit just don't seem to be flowing all that easily. If you talk to my wife, uh, there might not be a whole lot of love, joy, peace, and patience in the house. You know, you ever have those days? I feel grumpier than I have reason to be. Uh, I make myself a cup of tea, but then I forget to ask someone around me if they want a cup of tea. I'm kind of preoccupied with myself. Uh, My kids annoy me far more than is fair on them. And I wonder why, I wonder why these fruits of the Spirit aren't flowing a little bit more freely within me. I get frustrated. And then I think about other areas of my life. And I love the fruit that I do see. I love what God is doing. But I long to see more. And I sometimes wonder why, why I don't see God do more. Why do we not see more lives transformed? Why do we not see more people come to faith? And then I sense the Lord say something. I sense the Lord say, well, how's 
your heart been? And have you been spending time with me? And I realize that I'm dry. And I realize that I haven't actually spent as much time with him as I could. And that river of the Spirit is more like a trickle at best. But we were made for the river. And without the river, we become people who we weren't made to be. We need the river within us. And the second headline that I want to bring is that the river is not only what we were made for, but the river brings us great joy in our lives, the the Holy Spirit of God. I've got a good friend called John, and uh, Lydia and I are friends with John, his wife, Coral. We got to know them when we were living in Ealing, and we've known them for about eight years now. And the thing about John is that, uh, that I learned is that he loves rivers. I learned this when we went on holiday with him. So about four years ago, in 2019, we went to uh, the south of France together with some others. Uh, we rented a house in the countryside, not too far from Bordeaux. And we were lucky enough to have an outdoor swimming pool in the house. So you'd have thought that would be enough water for John to be getting on with. But what would happen is that we'd go for a walk somewhere beautiful. In this countryside, there were vineyards, sunflowers. And then we'd suddenly realize that John had disappeared. And no one knew where he was. We'd ask each other, have you seen John? Have you seen John? And then he'd suddenly reappear. And what he'd been doing is he'd just been kind of going off on his own on the off chance there was a river somewhere. Uh, One afternoon, we had an afternoon of doing nothing, just hanging out by the pool, my favorite type of afternoon. And suddenly, John wasn't there. He'd taken himself off on a little walk just to see if he could find a river. It was his mission on this holiday. And then finally, towards the end of that time, John got his wish. And we drove to the nearest river, and we hired some canoes. And we had a day uh, on the river. And he was standing on the canoe. He was swimming in the river. He found us a rope swing. And we had this competition to see who could launch themselves the furthest. We had so much fun. And you know, rivers bring joy. And the river of God brings joy into our lives. We read in our psalm, the river of God makes glad the city of God. There is a river that makes glad the city of God. The message translation puts it like this. River fountains splash joy over God's city. The river makes us glad. What is the city of God that the psalmist describes? The city of God, as we read it post-New Testament, is the church We are the new Jerusalem. We are the temple of God. And the Spirit comes to bring joy to the church. And the more we open ourselves up to this river, the more we make room for it, the more we wait on the Spirit of God to splash and play and be in the Spirit, the more joy we will know as a community together. What a great thing to be known for as a church, our joy to invite people into in a world that so longs to need, uh, longs to know joy. And it reminds me a little bit of a prophetic word we had as a church about six months ago. And someone had a picture of all of us uh, as a church up on the top of a water slide. 
Uh, if you can, if you want to imagine that vision in our swimming trunks, we're on the top of a water slide and we're about to go down. And the word was that we're learning to flow in the stream of the Spirit together, but it's a lot of fun. The river brings joy into our lives. And then the third and final heading I want to bring this morning is that the river brings healing. The river brings healing. This theme of the river runs throughout the story of the Scriptures. And one place that we find it is in the book of Ezekiel, where the prophet Ezekiel has a vision of the temple at a time when the temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians and God's people were in exile. And in chapter 47, Ezekiel sees water flowing from the temple and it flows out of the gates into the city and then it flows through the city out towards the Dead Sea. And the further it goes out, the deeper this river gets. And everywhere the river flows, it brings new life and it brings resurrection. We read in Ezekiel 47 verses 9 and 10, swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows Sea water will become, uh, salt water will become fresh water. So where the river flows, everything will live. And there's just a couple of things I want to draw from that vision of Ezekiel's. The first is that the river brings healing into our lives. And then secondly, the river brings healing out into the world. When the Spirit comes, He comes in love and He comes to bring healing to our hearts. A couple of years ago, before we had kids, Lydia and I, uh, like many couples do, we had a miscarriage. And it was quite a late miscarriage. It was pretty much on the day of the 12-week scan. And uh, I found it quite a painful experience. I remember feeling pretty disappointed with God that he'd seemingly allowed this to happen. Uh, and that Lydia had had to go through the pain of a miscarriage while I was away on a mission trip at the time. And this took place in the May of the year. And I remember that summer was just a pretty challenging summer. Uh, we went away to New Wine Summer Conference, but it wasn't all that easy to worship. And really, I was living with this disappointment in me. And then in the September... We went away as a staff team with the church I was working for at the time. We went away on retreat. And in the evening, we had some space just to wait on the Holy Spirit. And as we did, I remember feeling tears begin to trickle down my face. And then it quickly turned into full-on ugly sobbing. And I was encountering the Holy Spirit. And often tears are a sign of pain being released and, you know, after that encounter with the Holy Spirit, I felt so much better. I slept great, and it was really a marker of um, change in my life at that time. Now, you don't forget a miscarriage, but my heart, I knew, had been healed. And that's what the Spirit loves to do. And all of us can carry disappointment. With God, I think disappointment is one of the things that can clog up the river of the Spirit within us most of all. It's a bit like those logs that we might get or leaves that, that come together and it stops us flowing freely. We have hurt. We have pain. I wonder what disappointment you might be carrying this morning. And I believe the Lord wants us to bring that to God so that we can know his healing in the deep places of our lives. And the other thing 
I want to bring out from that vision that Ezekiel has. It's also in John's vision in Revelation. And I love this, is that the river flows out from the temple into the city. The Spirit is always driving us outward, causing us to look beyond ourselves. It's not about having, you know, the, the warm fuzzies in a, in a commu closed community here at Holy Trinity, but the Spirit comes to then draw us out in evangelism to make Jesus known in our workplaces in Sydenham and Forest Hill, amongst our families, amongst our neighbors, to a world that so needs healing. And we are entering a season of evangelism uh, at the moment as a church. We have a fantastic opportunity to invite people along to Christmas events. I was speaking to one mum at our toddler group this week, and we were talking about faith, and she said she was an atheist, but she loves carol services, and uh, she's really looking forward to coming along and bringing her family. You know, people are so open to faith at this time of the year. What an amazing opportunity we have to invite people along. In the new year, we're going to be hosting Alpha on a Tuesday night from the 23rd of January. What is going to give us the courage, the desire to step out and invite people along? Often we don't feel like it. Often it's awkward talking about our faith, isn't it? Often it's awkward talking about our faith to people we know really well. I don't know if you ever find that. What's going to give us that courage? It's actually by getting in the river because the river is always on mission. God's spirit is always on mission. And as we have the Spirit of God within us, we get caught up in that. It's like being in a current, and we get drawn to what God is doing, and we join in with what He's doing in the world, and then talking about our faith with our friends and family is the most natural thing in the world. If we want to be more fruitful in evangelism, one of the best things that we can do is pursue the flow of the Spirit in our lives. The river is what we were made for. The river makes us glad, it brings us joy, and the river brings healing. And so really, as I come into land, I want to say we need to be more like my friend John. We need to be river people, or ratty, or whoever you resonate with. We need to get in the river. If you remember nothing else from this morning, get in the river. And how do we do it? It's really easy. Jesus said it's really easy. In John chapter 7, Jesus is at the festival of tabernacles, remembering the wilderness wanderings of God's people when they're in the desert. Maybe you feel like you're in a bit of a desert time at the moment. And Jesus stands up, and in a loud voice, he says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And what? Rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by this, John writes, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. We just have to ask Jesus, and we receive the Spirit. We believe in God the Father, we believe in the Son, but the Spirit in the New Testament always needs to be received. Jesus has done everything to make this life possible. His death on the cross opened up a way, a whole new way of life for us, a life of fruitfulness, of flourishing, to become the people we were made to be. We just need to ask for his presence. So 
We've got an opportunity. We've got space just to do that now. Can I invite you to stand?